Are you like millions across the country concerned about blood pressure, heart health, or energy levels? Meet Berkeley Life, a once-a-day supplement that supports healthy circulation and may help maintain a healthy heart. Berkeley Life is scientifically developed to boost nitric oxide, a signaling molecule your body naturally produces that helps maintain a healthy cardiovascular system. Berkeley Life is a 100% drug-free supplement without the nasty side effects of prescription drugs. It's one of my personal solutions to maintain cardiovascular health and vitality throughout the day. Berkeley Life also has a test strip that allows you to track your nitric oxide production as you supplement. If you're worried about blood pressure, now is the time to try Berkeley Life. Head to agewellbl.com slash Hoffman and use offer code Hoffman at checkout for 10% off your first order and free shipping. That's agewellbl.com slash Hoffman for Berkeley Life Nitric Oxide Support Supplements. agewellbl.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And today's subject is uh, skin care, and we're talking about uh, inside and outside. Uh, our guest is skincare guru Ginger Downey. She has uh, a master's degree in the field of nutrition. She's also a certified nutrition specialist, and in fact, she's executive administrator of the BCNS, the Board for Certification of Nutrition Specialists which is an organization that I belong to. In fact, I serve on the board. I am a CNS. That doesn't stand for Central Nervous System. That sounds for Certified Nutrition Specialist. It's a credential that's given to uh, health professionals if they've achieved a certain proficiency in the field of nutrition. And uh, Ginger is one of the folks who presides over that process. Uh, she's also the founder of DM Skincare. She's got a lot of background as a clinical nutritionist. And... Uh, she actually uh, comes to this with a personal motivation for being interested in skincare because she has a, a health condition that makes it necessary for her to be a little more concerned about her skin condition. Uh, she is also uh, author of a book entitled the, Aes the Aesthetician's Guide to Outstanding Aesthetics. Okay. I, I didn't know that you wrote that book, uh, Ginger. It's a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you. Happy to be here, Ron. I appreciate you having me on. It's my great pleasure. Uh, okay, so uh, tell us a little bit about how you uh, came to this work and, and why, you know, you, you have a, a broad background in uh, chemistry uh, and in uh, clinical nutrition. Uh, I think you are one of the most well-informed people, soup to nuts, uh, on the subject of nutrition. Uh, but how did your interest uh, focus you on skincare? Yeah, um, thanks for asking. So I guess um, just to back up a little bit about why I became interested in nutrition, um, I had a mom who was overweight my whole life, and I, I just worried about her so much. Um, so I always was very concerned about nutrition and exercising and eating right. And then after the birth of my second child, um, I had you know what we called an autoimmune storm, where just everything went wrong with me, and it all seemed to be autoimmune related. And I went from doctor to doctor, and they all um, gave me prescriptions for antidepressants. And I would tell them, I don't want yeah. that. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sad. I don't feel well. Vague, and, vague um, complaints from a female sometimes get addressed that way. You know. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> so I threw those in the trash, never took one, and decided that um, you know I would try to help myself. And, and I chose 
nutrition as my my tool for doing that. And so nutrition and, you know, mindset and good sleep and stress management. um, And, you know, I've done really well. Um, So I I do have, you know, a couple of autoimmune conditions that I manage. But um, nutrition was the key that kind of brought me out of the hole and made me feel like a human being again. And so I thought, hmm, you know, maybe I might like to do this um, for my career. So at that time, I had been working in human resources for 10 years, which I enjoyed very much, just because you, you know, it's similar, you're helping people. Um, But I went back to school, and I got my bachelor's in food and nutrition, and then I went on to get my master's in nutrition, and then I went on from there to become a CNS, a certified nutrition specialist. Um, And I was able to help myself, um, my family members and people around me, and then I became qualified to help others. And so, you know, that's what brought me on the path to being a nutritionist. So when I first started out, I worked for this fabulous company called DSM Nutritional Products, Um, really, really great company. They're a Dutch company. I'm part Dutch, so I like that. Um, But they, I really loved kind of their approach to both the environment and, you know, everything that they did just had a really wholesome, you know, slant to it. Um, Became involved with their corporate wellness program where I developed wellness protocols and I trained health coaches and we went around doing health fairs and we engaged with people um, and then our health coaches continued um, working with people after they kind of had this aha moment at the health fair where they saw their cholesterol, their glucose and said, oh no, I think I need to do something. Um, so we did that work for a couple of years, and um, Dermed, uh, DSM decided that they wanted to um, sell our business unit. So this other guy I was working with said, you know, um, I've bought and sold businesses before. Uh, I, I think we make a good team. Do you want to try to make a bid to buy our business unit? So we did, and they didn't take our offer. <laughs> and then we decided, well, let's look around and see what else is there. What other businesses are available where we could bring our wellness um, training and, and knowledge to them? And we found Dermamed. So we found this company that was manufacturing equipment, microdermabrasion, and also had a skincare line. And I thought, aha, like I know that the true key to healthy skin lies in the gut. And when there's something going on in the gut, it's reflected in the skin. And I bet estheticians and skincare professionals are seeing this all over. And I don't know of any other company that's educating their customers and incorporating nutrition into both their topical skincare um, and the work that they're doing. And so we bought Dermamed, and we took the big, the big dive, you know, kind of mortgaged everything and, <laughs> and dove in and became a business owner. And the rest so, is history. And the rest is history. That was, uh, now we're starting on our ninth year in July. So the, a lot of money is expended on uh, topical creams and potions oh. and yeah. rejuvenative products. I mean, it, it is a huge, it's a multi-billion dollar business uh, worldwide. Uh, and then, really? of course, and, and I actually want to touch upon it because I think uh, some of the products that are out there uh, are ethically uh, made and effective, and also some of the procedures that are used for rejuvenating skin, you know, laser and dermabrasion. Uh, there's something to be said for those, and I think our listeners uh, deserve to learn a little bit more about those uh, types of procedures. We'll talk about that later, but um, I think, you know, as you mentioned, a, a lot of skin health comes from the inside out as opposed from the outside in. You can't uh, overcome uh, a messed up microbiome or imbalances in nutrients or lack of essential fatty acids uh, merely by smearing stuff on the surface. That's true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I, I, that was just, uh, I was just sort of teeing it up for you, uh, throwing you a high-hanging curveball to throw out of the park. 
Yeah, so as I was listening to you, I, I thought of a, a few things. There's so many, you know, directions I wanted to go and like educating your listeners on that. And so um, the first thing I wanted to talk about is really um, when we're talking about the money that we're going to invest in skincare products. And there are a lot of lines. And there's a lot of choices out there for people. You know, so how do you know? which line to choose, how do you know which products to choose? You know, I think that's really um, something that we need to educate our consumers about because there's so many lines out there that are just so full of harsh um, chemicals and harmful chemicals. Um, and so I think, you know, from my perspective, when I was designing DM Skincare, you know, we, we couldn't be 100% organic um, because we couldn't get the work that we need to get done um, accomplished that way. So we are not 100% organic, nor do I think that we have to be. But I have kind of put my stake in the ground about a, a whole list of chemicals that I will not have in, in my products. And so some of those main categories are um, parabens, mm -hmm. phthalates, sulfates, petroleum, artificial fragrances, artificial colors. So, um, you know, it's interesting. Parabens is, you know, a really controversial, uh, controversial topic. And parabens are added to products as a preservative. Um, and I've learned in my line that there's all kinds of great natural thing, botanical ingredients that we can use to preserve our products. We don't have to turn something chemical. Um, you know, it could just be the antioxidant mm -hmm. vitamins or, you know, many of the um, antioxidant-rich plants, um, you know, green tea, et cetera. Um, so what's the big deal with parabens? Well, parabens, um, they have been found in um, the tissue of women with breast cancer, um, so these breast cancer tumors. Um, and there's been several studies, one done in 2004 and another one done again in 2006, where you know, just over and over again we're seeing these parabens um, showing up in that cancerous breast tissue. Now, we haven't made that connection directly to it's the parabens coming from your topical skin care. Um, but, you know, to me, I don't really need a study to make that leap to tell me I'm going to choose a product that doesn't have parabens if I have a choice. Um, you know, and, and it's really, there's this fun statistic I like to talk about where on average, the average consumer uses about 10 personal care products mm -hmm. containing 126 ingredients every single day. And, and these, they would be things like sunscreen, uh, shampoo, uh, right. many moisturizers, you know, a lot of Think them about your day, contain parabens. Right? From the yeah. time you step in the shower to the time you leave the house. And women probably have a few more, but yes. Shampoo, um, toothpaste, body lotion, um, underarm uh, deodorant, um, hair conditioner, hair spray, um, all of our facial products, our sunscreen. Ten is the average. Um, so really, if, if you think about that, so if we have one product with a paraben, now we're using ten products with maybe three or four parabens, et cetera. I mean, this really adds up and can accumulate in the body and cause problems. Mm -hmm. um, and then another category called phthalates, now, phthalates are um, compounds that are used as plasticizers. So they give plastics their elasticity, and they also are used in skincare products, believe mm. it or not, to yeah. improve the texture. And, and, so and we know that they can be uh, endocrine disruptors and yeah, so-called exactly. gender benders. Gender benders, right. Um, also associated with um, kind of that um, belly fat and insulin resistance in oh, both men Obesogens, and in fact. Obesogens, yeah. Yeah, Wow. Yeah, so, you know, to me, if I can choose a product without a phthalate, I'm certainly going to do that. And, and the same story, I could go on and on and, you know, take up the entire hour just going through these mm -hmm. chemicals. 
Um, but, you know, it's really important to understand that, you know, our bodies, our skin is just a super absorber of everything we put on it. So, you know, in the medical field, and I know as a nutritionist, I can give certain um, medications or vitamins topically, right? Because we can mm-hmm. put them on the skin, they can be absorbed. And, you know, we really like to do that in many cases with bioidentical hormones and, you know, with vitamin D, magnesium, many different vitamins are um, absorbed this way. So it's important to know that whatever topical or, you know, personal care products that you choose, that, you know, you really want to be uh, an informed consumer about what else you're putting into your body. When it comes to the basics, diet, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you developed an autoimmune condition, did you uh, have an epiphany about diet? Did you realize that, uh, you know, perhaps you, you were nutritionally oriented and you were right. on a, quote, healthy diet, but perhaps you were making uh, some mistakes when it comes to potentiators of autoimmune disease. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, thinking back um, to that time, I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which um, is an autoimmune thyroid condition. It wasn't diagnosed until about a year after I had it. So I went, you know, up and down and through all the, the fun that goes along with that. Um, but at the time, I didn't really know that gluten um, could be such a big impactor, you know, for someone who had Hashimoto's. And so I wasn't eating a whole lot of it, but I certainly would eat bread. I would have some pasta. Friday nights, if my family had pizza, I would have a slice. Um, Healthy whole grains. Right, healthy whole grains, but not really realizing, you know, that that was contributing to my problem. You know, that wasn't until I delved into the nutrition world and and learned about that. And now there's plenty of, um, you know, research to support that people with Hashimoto's um, need to avoid gluten. And also when someone is in the hyperactive phase of Hashimoto's, um, they really need to look at something that's considered a healthy vegetable, a cruciferous vegetable. So uncooked cabbage, for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, Brussels sprouts, um, bok choy, all these great vegetables that are so healthy Potential that I goitrogens. love broccoli. Yeah. Right. Um, so these could also be interfering with my thyroid function. Um, you know, I learned about that as I start, started studying nutrition um, and how impactful they were on autoimmune disease. And then, you know, in turn, the skin. So once your gut becomes, you know, we have what's called leaky gut, right, where, you know, our gut is now inflamed and compromised and these intact proteins pass through. And now we are allergic to just everything that we were never allergic to before having or reactive to, if not allergic to. Um, and so what happens then is the, the gut and the skin are connected to something we call, you know, the gut-skin axis. And so we are finding so many connections between the microbiome that lives inside of our gut and this microbiome that lives on our skin. Mm -hmm. And so when your gut becomes compromised, all of a sudden you have all these weird, you know, sensitivities Mm -hmm. and skin rashes. So I would wake up with rashes on my face and, you know, itchy, you know, itchy skin and rashy skin and hives and all these crazy things I'd never had before. But it was all connected to what was going on in my gut as a result of the autoimmune disease. And there is a healthy skin microbiome, and we tend to uh, eradicate that because we use disinfectant soaps. Yeah. Uh, we sometimes use topical antibiotics to treat uh, acne, uh, and it's as if, as if we're trying to disinfect our skin. Uh, that may not be the correct approach to optimize skin appearance. 
Oh, I completely agree. Um, you know, it's so interesting. I know there are times when antibiotics are necessary and, and they're a really um, important tool that doctors use when needed, right? And sometimes we, we have to take antibiotics. But I think when someone needs to take antibiotics, that then they need to replenish whatever they've taken away. And so it works, you know, I can look at it in two ways, both from, you know, the gut aspect. So, you know, we've got some kind of a strep throat or whatever the infection is, and, you know, we get a compromised gut, and so we take probiotics. But the same thing applies to the skin. Um, and in my industry, we do a whole lot of damage in the aesthetic world to the skin in order to stimulate collagen. So microdermabrasion is where we're kind of like sandblasting the skin to stimulate that collagen to be produced. We do something similar with um, laser and IPL treatments. So, uh, oh, and chemical peels. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've seen these peels where people basically look like mincemeat, right? <laughs> and then the whole skin, you know, they peel like an alligator for, you know, or a snake for about a week or so. And then they have this beautiful, like, baby soft skin as a result. These are great treatments, and they really are effective. But, you know, in, in my um, business and in, you know, the way we advise clients, we also teach them about this, you know, this beautiful microbiome that lives all over our skin. And it's this um, wonderful protection for us. So just like our gut, you know, has this microbiome that is protecting and it's, you know, working symbiotically with us, we have the same thing on our skin. And when we strip it away with too many harsh chemicals um, and we don't restore it, well, we can open ourselves up to infection. We can open ourselves up to having, you know, sensitivities that we never had before. Do you have any favorite uh, nutrients for skin support? Um, you know, vitamins, minerals, uh, yeah. collagen <laughs> formulas that uh, support collagen production in the skin. Do do those really have an impact? Yeah, so, you know, all of the above for sure. So in terms of oral nutrition, so I'm always thinking inside out, outside in. So, you know, there's going to be two sides to this. It's always my story. But when I think about nutrition, um, for skin health, I think about a healthy fat balance, so omega-3 to omega-6. And as um, so you are well aware... So less pro-inflammatory omega-6 from uh, refined vegetable oils, processed uh, food products that are laden with... Uh, uh, soy oil and things like that. Junky uh, oil, right. Yeah. You know, so we know in the, in the SAD diet, the standard American diet, um, we tend to get way too much omega-6 fat in the form of, you know, processed foods, these vegetable oils that are found in processed foods and fried foods, et cetera. And we get far too little omega-3. Um, and so we're, we're out of balance, and that leads to, um, you know, a state of inflammation. So it sends all of, um, you know, sets up all of these inflammatory signals in our body, and suddenly everything is inflamed, right? But there are some healthy omega-6 fats that are really great for skin. So borage oil, mm-hmm. um, yep. evening, primrose, evening primrose oil. Um, see, there's, these are GLAs. These are anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm omega-6 fats that are really super good. So I think having, you know, a good balance of omega-3 to omega-6, the right omega-6, lots of uh, monounsaturated fats from olive oil, almonds, avocado, little coconut oil is great. Um, Probiotics, absolutely. And is there one strain that I love for skin? No. Um, I feel like the research, there's so much growing research Mm -hmm. about probiotics. And certain probiotics have been studied to do some very specific things, and I love that. And I'll use them in my practice when needed to, um, perhaps I have someone with candida, and I know that I really need to give something specific to that. 
But in general, in terms of uh, my approach for probiotics with people, I tell them, like, change it up. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to take a probiotic, you know, with a certain set yeah. of strains, you know, this month, like, when that bottle's used up, let's try something different. Let's make sure we don't overpopulate mm-hmm. any one strain and create a really nice um, diversity. So, so develop probiotic, a, sort of a portfolio of beneficial uh, microorganisms within your gut rather than concentrating on one single uh, formula uh, without without uh, repeti- without any kind of interruption. Exactly. You know, I picture, I think of my herb garden outside, and, you know, when you plant oregano or mint, boy, they, they will just go nuts yeah. and take over Tell your entire herb garden yeah. if you're not, right? And then your rosemary, your dill, it all, like, it all gets overrun. So you don't want to overrun, even if it's something that's good. We don't want to have too much of it. So, um, you know, healthy bacteria. Vitamin C, you know, that's really the basis for collagen synthesis. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of really great collagen formulas out there um, now, and I think, you know, they're great to take as well, especially for joint health and, and also for skin health. But I think if someone is getting adequate vitamin C, then that's a really good foundation for collagen. Um, so we need our vitamin C. Um, vitamin A is very important. Of course, you know, I don't want everyone to run out and start taking a whole bunch of um, supplements without seeking advice from their mm-hmm. doctor or their clinical nutritionist. Um, you know, in particular, vitamin A. We know that women who um, or childbearing age, if they were to become pregnant while taking high doses of vitamin A, they could have terrible birth defects. And so, you know, when I work with clients, I like to say, you know, I don't want you just to run off and take a whole lot of something just because we talk mm-hmm. about it, um, but to do it really thoughtfully because harm can be done. Is there a vitamin D connection to healthy skin? Um, Sure. Well, I think vitamin D has, you know, unbelievable, you know, benefits. You know, we know that it's um, instrumental in, you know, combating like 17 kinds of cancer. If you have vitamin D, low vitamin D, you're you're more prone to those different cancers. Um, Yeah, so vitamin D acts uh, topically as a cell signaler, and we put that in some of our formulas at Dermamed. Um, and I think just um, in terms of immunity, vitamin D is really um, a powerful vitamin. Is there something else that you were thinking of in particular? Uh, zinc is, is one that's reputed to be oh. helpful for skin as well. Oh, absolutely. Zinc, especially for anyone who um, tends to have acne. You know, zinc is very important um, for acne as well as omega-3. You know, really great um, studies around um, omega-3 and reducing overproduction of sebum. So sebum is that natural oil that your skin secretes, which is really mm-hmm. important because it delivers nutrients to the skin um, and we need it. But there's many instances where we can overproduce sebum, um, in particular when we have our hormones are out of whack. Um, so that's why during teenage years, acne tends to flare because our hormones are flaring, right? Um, so managing sebum is very important. What, what about the effects of uh, sugar and refined carbohydrates on skin? Yeah, yeah, yeah really good point. So um, when I give a lot of talks on um, holistic approaches to treating acne, you know, because I really don't want people on um, antibiotics and these really... Accutane, powerful medications, you know. Yeah, really powerful stuff. And and I think that there's another, there are other ways to approach it. Um, So where did you start with that question? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about the effects of sugar and refined Oh, sugar, yes, right. Sorry. Thanks for getting me back on track. So as I was going through that research, you know, there were only really three things that came out for me with really great validated research. 
So um, one was the omega-3 connection that, you know, taking omega-3 um, and having your, um, your healthy fats in your diet, how that really helps to reduce sebum. Um, the second was related to high glycemic index foods or sugary foods. And so what happen is, happens is we um, have an increase in glucose, um, you know, and that in turn can affect our cortisol, which all goes back to that sebum production. So that's very important and that's been documented. Mm-hmm. And the third one is related to the intake of dairy products. Hmm. And that includes organic dairy. So, yep. you know, I've had um, clients say to me, well, what if I drink organic milk? And no, because when you think about what is milk, you know, by nature, even if it's organic, um, you know, it is loaded with hormones. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it, and those hormones can interfere with our own hormones and then set off an inflammatory response that leads to that acne. So, you know, for people who are worried about um, breakouts and things like that, it's taking some omega-3 or eating fatty fish a couple times a week um, and then eliminating dairy and also um, those high glycemic and sugary foods. Indeed. And, you know, that's yeah. been my experience, too, is that, uh, you know, it, one of the nice things about uh, nutrition for skin problems is if you have a young client, you know, older clients, you know, they're more concerned about their mortality. You know, they sort of see the grim re- reaper. They're easier sure. to motivate. But if you have a, you know, a, a, a 17-year-old or a 23-year-old coming in to see you, um, they're living for today. And they are more concerned about what they see in the mirror. So how do you get them on the hook for good nutrition? You say, hey, there's a connection between what you eat and how you're going to end up looking. And that mm-hmm. is the big motivator for these younger clients. They're, they're not concerned about, oh, you know, you may get diabetes, heart disease, neurodegenerative problems. That's that's so far on the horizon that <laughs> you can't get yeah. them too excited about that prospect. That but, you know, that's a really good point that you bring up. Um, when we decided to buy Dermamed, so we were working in corporate wellness where, um, you know, we needed the corporation to buy into our program to deliver to their employees. And the way we would prove that was return on investment by reduced medical premiums because people were healthier mm. and their insurance went down. And it was tough. It was tough to prove. And um, even if we were having great success and we could show that, you know, we lost so many pounds and reduced, you know, A, B, and C statistics. However, when we were looking at Termomed, we thought, well, vanity is such a powerful driving force. What if we could bring wellness to the spa and aesthetic industry, it's highly motivating. You know, as you're getting older and you look in the mirror and you're not liking what you see so much, um, you know, if someone can talk to you about nutrition that could help your skin look better, your hair look better, you know, that then all of a sudden people are more willing to engage. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a great point, both from young and old, <laughs> the perspective of someone older as well. Okay, we've covered a lot of ground in uh, part one of today's podcast on the subject of skin. And in part two, I want to talk about some of these uh high-tech uh, interventions. Uh, the people hear about uh, microdermabrasion, uh, pulsed light and laser, uh, various forms of uh, facials. Um, these are part of the portfolio of today's guest. Uh, she's Ginger Downey. Uh, she's a great uh, fundamental uh, master of science uh, CNS nutritionist, but she's also involved uh, with a company uh, that makes innovative skincare products, Dermamed Solutions, for spa owners, dermatologists, plastic surgeons, and other skincare and medical professionals. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's out there. What are some of the modern uh, innovations for skincare? Uh, what to look for, what to potentially avoid. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.